Welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast filled with business stories and practical advice for the product-based entrepreneur. My name is Therese and I help small business owners grow their wholesale. I hope that the stories and advice shared on this podcast will inspire action and help you build your business. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 4. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry about last week and missing an episode. I did have some technical difficulties, which means that I have now re-recorded those two episodes I lost, but that means that I have rejigged the season a little bit. So a little bit of a different order, but that is all good. And it also means that I recorded, I think, four episodes this week so my voice is rather tired but I I really have appreciated those um, guests that have re-recorded with me and of course the ones that were scheduled as well. Today I'm talking to Tom Jewell who is the founder and chief brand officer at Jewels. Tom started Jewel at a country fair with a market stall in 1989 and has built a business that is truly multi-channel with wholesale around 130 stores worldwide licensing and um, online and they have just launched their new marketplace which is part of the jewels platform which is called friends of jewels Before I tell you a little bit more about what Tom and I spoke of in our episode, I just want to take a moment to sort of reflect a little bit. I actually invited Tom before I even launched Let's Talk Shop. I knew that Friends of Jewels was coming and I always wanted to speak to business owners and industry experts and professionals of all sorts of sizes on this podcast. This has not always been something that has been easy to do because when you start inviting business owners and buyers mainly from large organizations, you often get directed to their press office or their marketing team. And it sort of stays there for a bit because of course this podcast is not that widely listened to yet. I mean, I appreciate all of you who are listening, but... It's not a big thing and it's not going to add lots of value for the retailer. I created it to add value for the small business owner, for the small brand owner or independent shop owner. And I really just want to share the stories and advice from people that are in our industry. I didn't want to just focus on the retailer that said buyer was working at, but more on their experience working as a retail buyer or industry professional within that organization or throughout their career really and get really get their advice and share that with you guys and it's something that I you know coming from a sales background will continue to be persistent and continue to invite people to do but I just wanted to take that moment to reflect on this because actually with Jules 
I had none of that. And I just thought that was really lovely and something I really wanted to point out. Equally, when it came to Oliver Bonus and season one, where I spoke to Molly Park, from uh, who's the head of design at Oliver Bonus, I also didn't have any of that. And it's so lovely when you meet people that do want to share, even if it's not necessarily going to bring them a commercial perk, I suppose. So... I do think that, you know, Tom really puts the value of his business and the values of Jules and stays true to that, which is all about the community. And I really appreciate that he took the time to come on the podcast. I hope that didn't sound too gushy and I don't mean to say that all my guests hasn't been appreciated because they are. I really appreciate all of you guys that have taken the time to come on the podcast. I know when you run your own business that your schedule is pretty full on and taking over an hour to chat with me is really something I do appreciate. But I wanted to share what the challenges has been in starting this podcast because I I always like to hear those kind of bits of information and you know, rather than just the highlights. So in my chat with Tom today, I uh, we talk about how Tom built up this multi-channel business, what challenges he faced, why he wanted to start Friends of Jewels, why that felt like the right thing to do for Jewels as a brand and as a business, and what is going to be next for Friends of Jewels. And I loved in particular hearing um, Tom speak about the sellers that already enjoyed a really good start with Jewels. I hope you will go and check out Friends of Jewels. Maybe you will discover some new small brands to support this Christmas. And if you do, do share them with me. I would love to see what you discover. You can always DM me or tag me. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative. And I always love hearing from you guys. I really hope that you will enjoy my conversation with Tom. And without further ado, here it is. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tom. And welcome to Let's Talk Shop. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Normally, I talk to very small brand owners or small independent shopkeepers or retail experts, but I really wanted to have you on the show and talk about Friends of Jewels because it's obviously inviting a lot of those smaller brands onto your platform. So thank you very much. Oh, that's, that is great. It's great to, for you to take the time and talk to me. And, you know, I was one of those small shopkeepers yeah. a, a long time ago. You know, so I understand what it's like to launch a brand, what it's like to go to a fair, what it's like to start distributing to other shops and sell direct to customers and try and build up that database, which is what all of the the smaller shops that are out there and startups are trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah, you basically gone through all the steps because you started at Country Fairs, didn't you? I did. Um, 1989, pasting table in a field, <laughs> a few products. Yeah, so I've gone all the way through that journey. Now we are multi-channel. We work in bricks and mortar, retail, direct-to-consumer, through online and wholesale, of course. Yeah. And licensing and um, uh, international 
So we really have broadened um, and and yeah, seen everything really over and, the last thirty years. Yeah, and internationally, you do franchises, or do you have your own stores? No, we don't. We don't do franchise, and we don't do our own stores, but we do sell to other stores. Okay, so, so for wholesale, sort to of wholesale, thing. wholesale. Yeah. So I know two big markets are um, the USA and Germany. Mm-hmm. In both countries, we have um, showrooms and sales teams, and then. The odd place we have, maybe like Canada, we have like a distributor that works for us. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's all exciting. So how have you, I mean, it's probably a long story, but <laughs> how do you go from a country fest and to, what has that journey been? Because I obviously read up a little bit about it, <laughs> but you started a country fest and then when did you start bringing in your own products and doing kind of Jules branded products? Very early on. So I always sold other people's products. But my accessories were always my own brand. Oh. So very early on, I uh, sold a lot of headwear, which was Jules branded, Mm. and accessories. So that was exciting. It was to learn how to have something manufactured for you, how to develop a product from scratch, um, how to understand what the customer was looking for. And the show and events gave me that very close connection to the customer, so I Mm. could sort of work out what their tastes were and what they liked. But then with my own accessories, I sold other people's outerwear, other people's knitwear, and and some sort of lifestyle-type product. And it, the first 10 years, I had my own accessories and other people's products. And then I realised that if if there was something that I found that was very good in somebody else's product, I'd everybody else would jump, say, well, you know, what are Jules doing? So, and it got to the point where I needed something more unique, mm. something, um, and I knew, and I did know my customer very well. And so it was about 2001 that I went full-blown jewels with clothing. Oh, yeah, that yeah. must have been exciting and scary. Uh, yeah, very, um, very, very scary. Um, but I really did feel there was something missing. Yeah. Um there was there wasn't any color in the country wear market. Yeah. There, there wasn't there wasn't very good spring summer product. And you know, I was selling at the show and events, which were primarily between May and September. Yeah. So you know, to hope for miserable weather <laughs> <laughs> between those times, and the only thing that I had to sell was a straw hat if I didn't add <laughs> something new and fresh. So. Yeah, so I went at it that, that I think I knew what the consumer wanted. I brought in colour, freshness, lovely materials, and just, just I, I found I had an eye for it, and it, the, the consumer just picked up on it, loved it, yeah. And so, so I developed it further. Mm. And, and they didn't mind having, you know, jewels that written across a polo shirt, which was a great thing because they would also advertise it for me as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <so. laughs> which is great. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the best marketing. It's word of mouth almost when they're wearing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of glad my surname wasn't Smith or, <laughs> or, or something that was, you know, very sort of um, commonplace. But yeah, yeah, Jules is, you know, great that it's my surname. Yeah. It's worked well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now you are the chief brand officer, is that right? Yeah, chief brand officer. And I think it's a good title for me 
because I built Jules up to be a 50 million turnover business. And that was without any um, experience, really, of running Mm. a big business. And it got to the point where I'd built up incredible channels and got very good people working alongside me. But I needed formality putting into the business and I needed good processes. Mm. Um, And that's when I first bought in a CEO to run the business. And what it allowed me was to then release me from from the, the stuff that bogged me down to thinking about the customer, thinking about the product and actually working with the teams to make sure that they were on brand from the vision that I'd had in the early days. Yeah. And so, and that's where I, you know, I'm, I'm onto my second CEO now. Um, <laughs> and the turnover is, it, it, you know, the business is four times the size, but I think the position suits me. So yeah. it keeps the business, yeah, honest to its values. And um, if anybody's sort of really unsure of direction, then, then I'm, I'm still here. And, yeah. you know, I make sure that we're, we, we are what Jewel stands for, which is contemporary country living, really. And does that allow you to do what you love more and be more connected to the actual business rather than... Yeah, and I think that's part of the success. Yeah. It's, it's hard to let go. Yeah. And sometimes you don't always agree with, with direction. But at the same time, um, you have a voice on that. But it allows you to 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 make sure that the business is 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 true is true to what it was originally set out to be. That's nice, and you have that experience. You know the customers, so yeah. it's nice that you get yeah. to work on that side. So you launched Friends of Jewels this year. How did that come about, and when did that come about, and why? So Friends of Jewels, well, for lots of reasons, Friends of Jewels came about. Firstly, from a commercial perspective, Jules has 2 million people on a database, which is a very unique database. You know, it's been built up over the last 25 years. As I said, Jules has always been true to its core. So it has a particular section uh, of society that it sells to, which we talk about as a contemporary country-loving customer. And we felt that we wanted to give them more and give them more choice and then at the same time I saw wonderful products out there and wonderful creative businesses and I wanted to give them a platform to connect with that customer so that's when we thought we should try and create a marketplace which had creatives that had affinity with that customer base It started as an idea three years ago and some ideas come to nothing. Some ideas for me, (laughs) (laughs) they keep niggling, (laughs) they keep saying, surely this, this, this is the right thing to do. And it felt like it was the right thing to do because of the way I'd started. Yeah. And I think part of Jules has this desire to give other people opportunities the same opportunities that that I've had and then two years ago was fully blown let's go for it it's easy to say it's easy (laughs) to say go for it and then and then just um for me it was it seemed a simple thing to do but it it wasn't you know to to interface it into your day-to-day business 
and to make sure that it works seamlessly, not only for us, but also for the vendors um, and the partners, then, yeah, it it, it certainly took a lot of time to technically push it within the business. Yeah, just the IT side must have been massive and selecting who you're working with and how you're going to select people. Yeah. I think who's going to do everything? Yeah. (laughs) So we had to put teams in place. You know, so we've got a great team now. We've got a team of about 12 people that are working on Friends of Jewels. And I think, you know, having a bigger business allows you to have a startup, which is what we feel that it is within Jewels. Um, It didn't have to make money on day one. And that's been lovely because it really has allowed us to select the right people that complement Jewels. There is some people that are direct friends of people that work within the business that, ah. have, that, 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 that have small businesses. Yeah. But actually, it's been making sure that we have had the right scouts out there looking for products that have that direct affinity to our customer base. Yeah. And I think in a very short period, so we launched in September and we're now up to about 90 sellers. And the beauty of those sellers is that for the customer, they would be, if they're coming into our website and they get it straight away yeah. because it's edited, because it reflects their that customer's lifestyle, then it's been perfect for the seller and it's been perfect for us. I mean, some sellers have just enjoyed such a great start to to their journey with Friends of Jewels. That's so good to hear. I love, I've been looking the little videos and on Instagram, that almost like an advent calendar thing where you introduce brands. It's just nice to have that. It gives a lot of personality to Jewels as well, I think. Well, it's another reason to come to Jewels. Yeah. Um, but it, it really, it, it really is great for the seller mm. um, and and we'd like to think that we can continue doing this I mean we don't want a massive amount of sellers yeah. because that that then loses the point of it if there is lots of people doing the same thing then it's going to dilute their ability to make it really really worthwhile for them yeah um, so if you think about it also from a customer's point of view, a customer doesn't want to plough through lots and lots of products. No. And if we think about the the, the, the broadest marketplace that is Amazon, which is great in lots of ways, but if you are looking for ideas or specific things that suit your way of life or your lifestyle, then a generic platform like that isn't the best thing to no. go to. So I think this will happen more and more that I think where a customer says, this is my lifestyle and I want products that just reflect me, that I think this type of platform is, I think is really is the future. Yeah, I, I do think that having, being able to offer like almost like a one-stop shop, if you will, for your customer had so much value we're so busy there's so much noise you don't want to have to go to lots of different places it's nice to have some places that you trust that you're loyal to 
we almost gone backwards, aren't we? Like we're more loyal, more traditional again now in certain ways. Yeah, and I think you can be traditional but in a digital way. Yeah. You know, so it saves the consumer time. Yeah. Um, and and it means that we can spend more time with those sellers to make sure that they're making the most of their opportunities. And, you know, that's the great thing about the teams and the fact that Jules started in the same place as lots of those sellers. You know, we're, we're genuinely helping them, you know, making sure that they're giving the, the best presentation of the product that they can. And, you know, I think that the, the people that have, that have worked with us right from the beginning, they've really enjoyed the onboarding process, you know, learning from our teams. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're all in a good place. They're all in a good place and they're all enjoying really good business to be. It's really and we, good. We, and we haven't done Christmas yet. Oh, and nobody know, and, and, and I don't think anybody really knows about Friends of Jewels yet. Yeah. Okay, our customer base do because we yeah. talk about it all the time. But I think that, you know, when Friends of Jewels is, is talked in the same breath as some of the other marketplace platforms, yeah. I think that, yeah, I mean, the growth potential is, is huge. It is. For the sellers as yeah. well as those. How are you going to, pro- because I know with some marketplace platforms that they become too crowded and then the sellers feel like they might lose out because there's too much competition in each category. So how will Jules do that? How, how are, you going to, are you going to continue to curate it and only make sure that there isn't too much competition within each category? Or what are your plans on that? Yeah, and I think that that definitely is the key to it you know it's making sure that we've only got the best in each category and i think the next move for for jewels is actually to sell products that even compete against what we do mm-hmm. so why wouldn't it be a great idea to offer you know the best piece of outerwear that yeah. that because people have come onto jewels for other reasons you know um, they they start to come on because they're looking at clothing. Why not offer a bit more clothing? Why not offer a bit more footwear? Uh, where we feel or admire other people in the market, and we want to bring that to the attention of 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 our customer base. Yeah. You know, why not be that one stop shop for? Um, so we don't we don't have to keep going down the route of jewelry or pet or you know until there's you know, so many people on there that, that you can't find. We, we <laughs> yeah. genuinely want to, and we can see it from the sales, you know, yeah. who does well and who doesn't do well. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that we've curated it with just the best. Yeah. So it will probably be the best of, you know, in our in our heads, and this is just me sort of, you know, picking a f- figure out the air, but I think that w- we won't really be any more than 300 but who knows? But I think that's where we feel is right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, then, you know, even with 300 vendors, you know, that's still thousands of extra products. But just make sure that the products are so right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just looked at the dog range this morning. <laughs> oh, did you? I mean, from personal interest. And it, well, I liked it. It didn't take me ages to get to the last 
page, you know. Like as a shopper, that makes more sense to me that I can manage to look at everything. Mm. And I want to look at everything rather than, oh, another page. (laughs) You know. Well, that's it. And that's the the trouble. You can go down a rabbit hole, can't you? Mm. You know, and it can confuse you to such an extent then actually puts you off completely. Yeah. Whereas if you know that the people at Jules have um, done all the research for you, they've edited everything they possibly can, they've looked across the marketplace, and they're offering you a sort of good, better and best version of something that reflects your life, then that saves, you know, everybody everybody wants time in their lives. They don't don't want to be, um, you know, be going through through file after file and product after product it, it just doesn't make any sense to anybody no and then also at the same time knowing that customer service is there and you know you can reach someone and you could get help and if anything ever went wrong or something or you have a question about something that makes a huge difference too yeah and 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 that's something that we ask from 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 our sellers as well to make sure that their customer service is equal if not better than than, than <laughs> jewels i mean you know right from the beginning customer service was really important to me mm. um because we've always been a very forward facing business you know we've always because we've been direct to consumer or stood in a field you know <laughs> talking to our customer that we've always thought that customer service is is, is paramount so what do you think will happen later? Are you ever going to bring these independent businesses or these smaller businesses into stores? What are you going to do? Because I I have this theory that people on the high street want those different products too. Yeah, we've got lots of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we've got lots of good ideas. Um, you know, we have an estate of 100 and circa 130 stores. Mm. You know, going forward... We'd love to offer certainly click and collect mm-hmm. so that people can, you know, order online and, and, and pick up conveniently at a jewel store. Uh, it's not something we can do at this moment in time, but we think that that would be another service that we could offer our our, our sellers, which would be fantastic for them yeah. because it gives them a great network. Um, we also have at Burley Horse Trials did promote about eight sellers yeah on our stand we still are the biggest retailers on the outdoor events so to endorse product you know within our retail space and you know when we're when we're driving such footfall yeah it's great it's great for the sellers yeah um and there could be stuff that we we could do on on the on the show and events in the future yeah um and then within store yeah, I'm with you. I think that there is a real change coming um, where people want a discovery. Yeah. And I think the high street had stayed fairly stagnant for so long. We're seeing lots of people that, you know, a lot of household names, but a lot of people that have not become as relevant as they mm. should have been. And I think there's opportunities opening up on the high street. And I would love, absolutely love, for people to start their journey on Friends of Jewels mm. and end up being household names. I, yeah. I really do. I think that would be 
something I would be most proud of to help people become the next, the you know, the next Jules. Yeah. Why not? Well, yeah. I mean, that would be amazing. You build your business, you continue to grow your business, but it doesn't mean that you can't help other business owners. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that's something I'm quite passionate about. It's championing the, the not the small business, because it's just, because I don't want them to stay small. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to grow. Yeah. You know, I want them to have um, aspirations of growth. Yeah, that 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 for me is the the wonderful thing about what Friends of Jewels could be. Yeah, I think if you could translate it offline too, that would be amazing. Why um, we talk a lot about every person I speak to because a lot of small business owners, like shop owners, for example, you know what they do differently to get people into their shops because. Of course, it's easier to shop online now, mm. but well, how do they get people into their shops? And it's you know all about that personality and selecting people, and they can talk about their brands differently, and people want to hear the stories of the people they sell now, and workshops and more of an experience. Yeah, which I, I think I, 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 I is lacking sometimes. Yeah, no, I think there is the theatre of a shop. Yeah, and the personality of the owner. Is 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 lacking now, you know that, and I've loved listening to some of the stories of, of these guys that have started, and in lots of cases they remind me of, <laughs> of, of of thirty years ago. Yeah, and still the passion is out there for you know the excitement of of retail and meeting the customer. Yeah, but it's the creativity. Mm-hmm. That's the wonderful, wonderful thing, and digital has certainly played a part in that. Absolutely, you know, through social media that you can, you know, show your personality. I think it's some great things. So I think, I think bricks and mortar is still really important. Digital is, of course, you know, it's never going to go away, and it's it's still valuable. Some of the ways that these these sellers are using social media is amazing as well. Yeah. How they make themselves look bigger than they are, I think, <laughs> is, I think is incredible. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ideas that they come up with. Sometimes you're surprised. You look at someone's feed, you read their comments, and, you know, you think it is a team, but it's one person doing everything from the photography to actually writing the post, interacting with everyone. Yeah, and the copy and the... But you can feel that with the passion yeah. that comes through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am passionate about these small um, startups becoming big. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just want them to use Jules as a platform, just another platform, mm. you know. And if I can give them any advice on to how to move into bricks and mortar or how they start selling their products internationally or how they start selling to the trade you know that that would give me the greatest of pleasure that they that they grow yeah you know, that's that's what 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 you know nobody ever held me back from growing and that's that's uh, yeah that's the thing what do you think is the biggest thing you learned while growing your business like what was the best advice anyone given you or for me, not to be a slave to fashion. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to really understand my customer, which is what Friends of Jewels is all about, which is why we're picking the right people to, to, to go in front of our customer. And if you have a unique customer base and you give them 
unique product. You know, that that's the biggest thing I've learned. Just, you know, do it our way, not other people's way. Mm. Um, that's, that's been the thing that has held us in good stead and made us grow, is being unique, you know, not trying to be somebody else. I think you also started building your mailing list really early on. True. Which... <laughs> Actually, sometimes today, when you start a business, it's almost forgotten mm. because of social media and you interact with your customers there. But I'm guessing having that mailing list for early on has really helped you build your customer base. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was important. Well, it was, you know, I, I built my mailing, mailing list on the back of, I only had show and events. And in 2001, they were all cancelled because of foot and mouth. So... In 2002, because I never wanted to be left in that situation of not understanding where my customer was. I understood who my customer was, but I didn't understand how to get to them. It was really important that we collected data for when we met our customers on the shows. So So the data has come from a very unique position off those show and events, which we still do about 50 a year. Um, but it was in, it was important to build that up. Mm. Um, and then work out ways of, of adding to it as we went forward, which we used all sorts of uh, techniques through leaflet drops through magazines, swapping data with customers that, that were, sorry, um, like-minded businesses. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, that has held us in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic for us to build up that strong data. And, and, and that's the sort of basis and foundation for Friends of Jewels, really. really. Yeah. So um, those smaller creative businesses can get a huge audience straight away. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think a small brand can kind of do or, you know, a smaller business can do to stand out and be seen and heard in today's kind of retail climate? Instagram has got to be the best place to give you an optimum voice quickly. I think... You know, for me, it was making sure that I was in the best position at the best show show or event. Mm. But now, making sure that you have got a unique position, a strong voice, a good tie-up with some influences that influences that directly relate to your product. Mm. That that today is the good position of a show, <laughs> good position on a show and event. That's true, yeah. Um, and having those people endorse your product, that is the way to amplify. That's the way to amplify um, your business and your products. Yeah. Do you do you use Instagram personally? I I do, <laughs> but. Um, but I don't post very much. <laughs> you just look at other things. I look, I, I look at lots of other things. And and obviously, you know, Jules has very yeah. strong Instagram following, I think, you know, somewhere in the circa 300,000. But yeah, no, I, I, I do have it, but I just, yeah, post pictures of family and share family members. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah. Do you buy things that you see on Instagram? I do. Yeah. I do. I sometimes come across sort of sponsored feeds and think, oh, that's great. I like that. <laughs> so um, I think it's the new way of, of flipping through a magazine, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I used to buy tons of magazines and I don't anymore. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think I think Instagram is the probably the best way of a small business to sort of get some noise, really. 
Yeah, and it's such a nice, from a shopping perspective, I think it's so enjoyable when you find those smaller brands Mm. and then you go on their feed and you find out they make everything in the UK or, you know, their dog's name is so-and-so. You connect with them more, don't you? You do. And and I think that's, that's where... And I think it is, it is turning that in, in, in it is turning that, to, that that people want that strong affinity. I mean, mm. we've always tried to have that strong affinity with our customer, and the fact that I am still part of Jules, yeah, and are uh, you know set the tone of the brand, even though we're a bigger business, it, it, it still feels that you're buying into something that is one unique and two honest to where it started and I think that's the same with with discovering a a small brand that you just want to know that it has some integrity yeah and it's also I think it's amazing you managed to keep that feeling that you know it is a personality because I think that's the failure of some of the high street brands that has kind of gone down I think I was talking with someone else we don't know what they stand for but we still know what Jewels stand for so some of the ones that are doing less well you don't know who it is what they are about what well even internally they don't know who they are (laughs) (laughs) that's the trouble yeah that might be I think that's what happens you know here we have a team in brand product and creative that have been together for so my creative director's been with me for 15 years. Oh, wow. My head of product's been with me for 12. I've been here for 30. So between us, we've been here for nearly 60 years. <laughs> of, and, and, and that that is the brand. Those yeah. three people are the brand. And if they are working with their teams to, to constantly remind, promote, and keep people on track, then you don't lose that. Yeah. integrity I think what happens is when you lose founders creative directors you know head of product in some of these bigger organizations and there's not the continuity there then how can there be people then start to go off on on strange tan- tangents and it's not relevant yeah. to the customer yeah. that they serve so I think that that you know, and that's where founders of smaller businesses just genuinely know what they're trying to trying to achieve yeah yeah and i guess you because you stayed up here you stayed in market harbor yeah. you stayed close to your roots rather than moving everyone to london for example it's yeah well we're all we're, helped right well, oh god it, well it, it is it is the business you know we're we're all about getting out of london yeah. so, so, so we exactly. don't so we don't we don't want to we, we don't want to be um necessarily have our office in london we have a showroom in london um, and that's where lots of our customers want to sort of look at the ranges. We still appeal from a employer's perspective as a great place to come when people want to get out of London. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Market Harbour is only an hour on the train from St Pancras. So we still have the connection with the capital for, for commercial reasons. Yeah. But, you know, Market Harbour is interesting is that it's it, it's sort of grown up as a commuter. Uh, you know, it still has its market town type movement, still has a lot of independence in the town, has a lot of great schools around here, but it is also a c- commuter town Yeah, for London. So, yeah, a lot of our inspiration comes from 
you know, just living in the community of Market Harbour, you know, it's a, it's a good place. It's a great place. And the three people that I talked about, myself, creative director and head of product, we were all born in Market Harbour. We all went to schools in Market Harbour. <laughs> so, you know, you genuinely get the feeling of what it's like to sort of grow up in this type of community and, you know, in the, in the, in the shires, really. Mm. That comes through in the product. It's beautiful around here. <laughs> I've actually brought my husband and dog, so we're going to go for a walk and oh, go into town yeah. and have lunch or something. <laughs> oh, it's great. Some great places. So. so what would you say, when you started selling to shops, how was that experience and when you started wholesaling things? were you? Did you already have a team doing that for you by that stage or were you involved in that? Yeah, so we started at trade fairs, mm-hmm. like lots of... Small makers do. Yeah. It was with my accessories to begin with. And again, you learn lots from selling to the trade, you know, what you need to do more of, what you need to do less of. (laughs) But you do need all the back office. You know, you need to make sure that you've got good administration. If it takes off, you've got to make sure that you've got good distribution. Because in those early years, we did capture the imagination of a trade customer as well. And it it was it was mayhem. <laughs> even even from the fact that you might just sell in, for instance, small quantities to begin with, like you know one two two one of a jacket. Mm. But if the jacket sells out for the trade account the first week, the phone rings, and it's not just one shop ringing; it's all the shops ringing, which is a nice problem to have, which we had at the beginning. But yeah, you know, we still do all our own logistics. I think we've moved five warehouses wow. in 15 years. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge growing. But it's like anything. If you knew what was going to come at you, you it might put you off. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you just do the hours. Yeah. You know, you do the, you know, I can remember picking in warehouses till you know, nearly midnight, but you don't mind because you're selling products and it's what you set out to do. Yeah. Um, and you're servicing your customers, don't you? That's what yeah. excites you in a way. Yeah. And, and then answering the telephone and, 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 and people sort of saying such nice things about your products. And as a creative, that's what you want, is when you have thought something up or thought a customer might like it and then created it and then the response is great. There's no better feeling. It's, uh, yeah, I love that. Do you remember who your first stockist was? Um, gosh, I can rem- I can think about sort of small independence, you know. There was lots lots of coastal yeah. stockists to begin with, you know, Cotswold customers, yeah. lots of independence in the Cotswolds, Lake District. It was all sort of lots of lifestyle places to begin with. Yeah. Sort of suited my product. And then in, I think it was 2008, we got a phone call from John Lewis to say, we love your, it was boys wear. It was just boys wear. It wasn't even kids. It wasn't even the whole of children's wear. It was, we love your boys wear. Could we stock it? And that went from boys to girls and then women's couple of seasons. That must have been so exciting though. Like they reached out to you. Yeah, because we, again, we we had something that was um, different in the market. It, it was a lifestyle that was certainly a trend coming very quickly. And, you know, John Lewis had picked up on that. 
And it was good because John Lewis shared very similar values to us. Mm-hmm. We were customer first, yeah. um, quality, and they wanted to be first in the market with with product like ours. But before we know it, you know, we were selling every category that we that we did, you know, from bags, accessories, ladies, men's, kids, baby. Mm. Uh, and we still do all of those today wow. with John Lewis. Yeah, so, yeah, and that started in 2008. And then when you've got um, um, that type of customer, then there is added issues like... You know the value-added services that they want. You know, mm. retagging and yeah, <laughs> com- compliance, and you can't be late with shipment. You have to deliver in this particular way. You have to pack yeah, everything particularly. So it all adds to sort of you know a different rigor. And everybody says, you know, how did you how how, how did you know how to, how to do it? Well, you don't. You just try and understand it. You make a few mistakes. You, you get fined. <laughs> You might pay a few. You, you might pay a few fines, or a, few, a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of um, contribution to markdown. If, yeah. you've sold, if you've sold something in that um, hasn't sold very well for them, but you know it's all it's all learning, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's been the beauty of Jaws is that we've always had lots of channels in play, so uh, you can afford, afford at times to make a few mistakes. Yeah. But we don't like making mistakes more than once. No, of well, course, saying it's not that we great. still do, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone does say. But Friends of Jewels is all about learning as well for us. Yeah, you know, we're really pleased how it started. I mean, really pleased. You know, not from a Jules perspective, but from a seller's perspective, because mm. we just wanted the sellers to be happy. They're going to reach so many more people yeah. this way. Yeah, and that that was that that was first and foremost for the sellers to be happy. Yeah. So what you build from there? What's your plans with friends of you tools for Christmas? How are you gonna? Do you do targeted? Do you segment and kind of people that are interested in dog things? Do you do newsletters yeah. with them? Yeah, we'll promote different categories mm-hmm. um, in the same way as other people do. You know, we'll promote jewelry. We'll promote pet. We'll obviously promote Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then we've been doing a sort of highlighting. A through the advent yeah. type stuff on online. We've been promoting, you know, giving a seller a day yeah. to promote themselves. Oh, nice. Um, we talk about the seller. It's going to be hard when we've got 300 because yeah. we'll have to start our advent just after, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> just after Christmas. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the, there's lots we can do. There's yeah. lots we can do and, and um, talk about. And there's so much rich content. So great. Because of, because, you know, they're all individuals on a journey. So it's great yeah. to introduce these people to our customers. And the videos you've done with like kind of meet the maker when you've gone to them, that's great. It's just so much fun to look at. <laughs> yeah, I spoke to the, the so, so we brought in a, a director and a, a, you know, a third party team to video those. And I spoke to the director because they, they have been round and videoed Meet the Makers and then they ended up doing a little video with me. Yeah. And he was so complimentary. He said, I have just had such a wonderful time going round, meeting all these quite genuinely lovely people Yeah. that really care about what they're doing, passionate about what they're doing. And he said that he'd had such a, 
Yeah. I mean, that sounds like the perfect job to me. <laughs> it was wonderful. But it was it was wonderful to hear him talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. And and talk about yeah, these individuals that yeah, he said it was a, a, ple- a pleasure to meet them. So Yeah. Being a cre- him I mean him being a creative, meeting other creatives and getting to know them a little bit. Yeah. Must be such a privilege. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. And we want to do more of that. So we did it at the beginning and I think we've we're doing another round of, of, of Meet the Makers. And it'll be something that we continue to do. I mean, you know, we really are about promoting, you know, great people that have got great products that suit Jules and yeah. suit our customer base. Uh, and that's foremost what it's got to be about. It has to be about that. I love also that, you know, Friends of Jules is included in like lots of things now. Like there's a competition online on it. Instagram maybe I yeah, saw maybe. something and you can win but it's not just jewel- vouchers and jewels it's also friends of jewels which I thought was nice yeah and, and it's the, the the guys that are our friends are, are really sort of really up for new ideas and working mm. with us yeah so that that yeah that's that's exciting that they that they want to get involved so how involved do you get to be in it now because now you kind of you were quite involved in the beginning i'm gonna guess yeah well you know my my title here is chief brand officer and you know it's as much about brand as it is about the commercial side of it so i'm still very involved i've got some great people that are heading it up i think you know certainly what i've had fed back to me from the friends is that they've loved working with our team mm. so that that's great to know that so uh, uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm involved as i'm involved a lot <laughs> and i want to continue to be involved with thanks of jewels yeah because it's something that is important to me yeah it's really important to me so i always ask my guests to name like a brand, a maker, any retailer that you admire, you think kind of um, connects with you at the moment. So that's my question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's putting me on the spot because I haven't had time to think about it. Um, so this, uh, if I was to think about Friends of Jewels, mm-hmm. who I think are doing a good job and have found a great sort of spotted an opportunity in the market, mm. there's... There's a there's a company called Tiliana. Yes, with the bags. <laughs> I think that that's great. I just the way that they are so responsive to the customer. Do you know every customer has enjoyed the journey with them, and they're selling a lot of product. So I admire the way that they've set their business up. They're very small, but at the same time, they're doing a great job. Jewelry. There's a company called Hi Ho Silver. Yeah. That do the show and events. And anybody would think that their business is quite established and that they have a lot of visibility, but they've been doing really strong business with Jules. So I think it just shows how much broader our database is mm. that they're hitting a new customer, or although they already play in our market. Yeah. So and I've always admired that business because I think they've, again, stayed... Very. Some people could call it a niche, but they've stayed true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's a that's a great business, and the one that I really like, I think is lovely, and it's maybe 
it's quite niche, but I think it's really sweet that the way they've set up is the Den the Den Kit Company. So they, you know, we sell a lot of children's wear, and it's it's nice to sell something that's a lovely add-on. And Jules is all about being outside as a child, having this sort of similar childhood to what I experienced. Yeah, which was one of discovery and imagination and freedom. And I think that kids do less and less of that. Mm-hmm. And there's some lovely ladies that have set up this den kit company where you get uh, a wooden mallet and some pegs and some tarpaulin. And it just encourages kids to use their imagination and be outside and play and build dens and come off tablets. And, yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I love that. I, yeah, I, I love that. And it, and it, and it really sort of suits what Jules is about. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, they're the three that I think, yeah. One that's doing a really, really good job. One that I think that shows how broad Jules' database is for the additional sales they're getting in a yeah. marketplace where you think that they were traditionally playing and one that just just reflects what Jules is really about, yeah. That's amazing. And those listening who might want to become a friend of Jules, how how do people get in touch with friends of Jules and apply? Do you have an application process? What well, well, if they go online and they look at friends of Jules, yeah, there is there is something at the bottom that says that says become a friend. Mm-hmm. So we've got to the point now where we're inviting people to come and show us their wares. Yeah, quite genuinely. Not everything is for our customer base, yeah, of so we are being quite stringent. Mm-hmm. This, you know, I I saw some just absolutely wonderful product a couple of weeks ago, and the seller was phenomenal. You know, she had an incredible artistic streak. She really understood uh, what her customer wanted. She had she came at it from a very very unique point of view. Um, and I admired her greatly, but for us, it wasn't quite right for Jules. Yeah. So not everything is going to be, because at the end of the day, we want to make it easier for our consumer to cut out cut out all the noise. Yeah. You know, to make it simple for them to pick lots of products that reflects their life, put it in one basket. I mean, this Christmas, your customer, maybe... Could do all their Christmas shopping with well, <laughs> one basket. <laughs> they could. They could. My 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 wife. We were sitting in the kitchen, and she uh, it was it was music to my ears because she said, "Gosh, these friends of Jules is dangerous." <laughs> and I thought, well, dangerous for me because every time she goes on it, she buys something. But yeah, but that that's good. It's doing what friends of Jules certainly reflects are the way we live our life. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, she's got lots of ideas though. Still. <laughs> she gave me a list the other day of things that should be on it. <laughs> so, and you know, we will go into other categories. You know, yeah. we will do. I think there's a place for doing lots more food. Oh yeah. I yes. think there's a place for doing a lot more home and garden, certainly through mm. the spring summer, and also, you know, core products that you know not competes with jewels but complements. Yeah. Jules. I think that's that's certainly the direction we want to go. I feel like food is being massive at the moment. Like, you know, not supermarket food, but like 
giftig, kind of lifestyle, fun, art, innovative. Artisan, you know. So great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Got some Marmite fudge stuff today. Marmite fudge? Yeah, and he also <laughs> does like seaweed fudge and like really interesting flavors. Just like really cool. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for taking so much time chatting with me oh, and coming on the show. That's a pleasure. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on the podcast and for all of you who are listening. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, it would be lovely to see where you were tuning in. If you were making things, packing orders, share over on Instagram and tag me and let me know where you are tuning in. And if you do have a moment to spare, I know it's a busy time of the year, it would really, really help me grow this podcast and get more brilliant guests involved in the upcoming seasons if you would take a moment to rate and review over on iTunes. It really does mean a lot to me, so thank you so much. It's a busy time of the year. One of the things I really enjoy to do this time of the year is when I get up in the morning and it's all dark and quiet and a little bit cold, to be frank. I light a couple of candles and I make myself a cup of coffee and I sit down with my planner and I planned out my day. It doesn't take very long, and then I answer any urgent email so that I don't feel stressed and then I go for a dog walk. This is a morning routine and almost like a little ritual that really works for me on the days. And there are many that I kind of miss out on this. I find myself jumping from task to task instead of actually focusing on those things that are really key for me to achieve on that day. Love to hear what you do to set your day up for success. And um, if you have any tips, do share them with me. I hope you have a really good week. Thank you so much for listening.